What's that place you've always wanted to try? While you're there, sharing plates with just one bite. Or on second thought, maybe not sharing. It's that good. When you're with Amex, it's not if it's going to happen, but when. American Express. Don't live life without it. Planning on traveling this summer? Make saving at the pump part of your plans with two times the fuel points from Harris Teeter. It's easy. Download your eVic coupon, and for every dollar you spend with your Vic card, you'll get two fuel points. That's up to $1 per gallon on quality fuel at participating BP and Harris Teeter fuel centers. Download your eVic coupon today and save money at the pump all summer long with eVic and Harris Teeter fuel points. Hey everyone, welcome to the Fantasy Football Addicts Podcast, part of the Fantrax family. My name is Mung, and of course you can find me on Twitter at FFA underscore Mung, that's M-E-N-G. Addicts, hey, it's at FFA underscore Los Happy Belated Halloween. This week was full of tricks and treats. Uh, it seems like a few more tricks than treats, unfortunately, this year. Uh, we're about we're over halfway through the regular season. Hopefully, you've got a winning record. If not, don't give up. Boy, this has been this has been one so far, and we've already got a little bit of a doozy on our hands tonight, don't we? Yeah, you know we're only a day or two away from the NFL trade deadline. Uh, as at the same time, we're only probably a couple of weeks away from the fantasy trade deadline in a lot of leagues. So a lot going on here, and of course, uh, the big news, of course, Derrick Henry out for the year with a foot fracture, just devastating. We've lost McCaffrey, we've lost Barkley, and now we've lost Henry, and hopefully we just need to bubble wrap a lot of these other first-rounders in fantasy. Well, and Devontae missed the week with COVID. This is, this is or not, you know, with on the COVID list, this is just not a great week for, for uh, first-round players, huh? No, it's uh, it's tough, but again, these are the weeks that can get you that one win that pushes you into that last spot in the playoffs. So every week, you know, it don't don't worry too much. Even if you lost Adams or Henry, just scour the waiver wire, make some trades if possible. Uh, there's where where there's a will, there's a way, right? Yep, where the, there's a will, there's a way. And uh, if we could muster up, uh, hopefully you can uh, you can hope for this with with me whichever way you want to look at it to the pumpkin king to the great pumpkin i need 30 points out of Mahomes and the kicker tonight just put it together for me okay mong well i think it's doable and i'll, I'll root for you out of self-interest because i actually need tyree kill and travis kelsey so by <laughs> by definition um you know also Mahomes, i suppose it always makes our matchups absolutely terrible for me since my quarterback just scores points for you left and right yeah, that is true. So uh, just just know Daryl Williams. That's all we ask for. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, no, it looks like we're going to be looking at uh, Derek Gore, right? Well, uh, man, it's I don't know. I don't know what to say about this Derek Henry injury. It's just devastating. Yeah, it it really is. It came at a dreadful time, um, you know, just when he was looking amazing. I think we all sort of felt this going into like each of the past four seasons. Like, when is the shoe going to drop on Derrick Henry? And it just never came. So so now we've thrown our full faith and trust in him. And uh, here he goes. He's got a, a fracture that unfortunately, um, well, we, we, we don't we can't go this deep into it. He's, he's going into surgery, of course, and whatnot. But um, th- this is for many players, been a uh, career-altering injury. 
Yeah, maybe this is the return of Adrian Peterson, uh, getting yep. that bounce back before retirement. And before we get to the Week 9 game previews, we want to talk to you guys about Thrive Fantasy. Thrive offers DFS-style contests on player props. It's super easy. You pick 10 out of 20 player props for the week, with each prop getting assigned a fantasy point value for the over and under based on how likely the outcome is. The more that you get correct, the bigger the payout. Thrive Fantasy has over $100,000 in weekly prizes, including their Sunday contest where first place wins twenty grand. Sign up now with our promo code FFA and you'll receive an instant 100% deposit match of up to $100 for your first deposit, minimum $10. Check it out today on the Apple App Store or the Google Play Store, or you can play at thrivefantasy.com. That's T-H-R-I-V-E fantasy.com. Well, in my house, the end of the Halloween season brings about the start of the holiday season. So I'm filled with cheer, Mung. I'm filled with joy. How about you? No, it's too early. Oh, well, I am filled with joy, and I'll tell you who else is. People in the south portion of New York, the Jets fans, they are so thrilled to have taken off the top-seeded Cincinnati Bengals. Who saw that one coming? Against all odds, the Jets won on Sunday. They, can they make it two in a row here against Indianapolis? Uh, Mike White threw for 400 yards, but the Colts provide a much stauncher defense. Uh, Michael Carter's firmly in play. He's a he's a running back, too, if not a little bit better in PPR with his current level of touches. Uh, if Corey Davis remains out, Crowder's in, uh, in play as a PPR flex. Um, there was some news about his hip earlier this week, but it's, it's just or earlier today. It's just, I think, too early in the week to call, though. Yeah, and you know, we've talked about Michael Carter for a couple weeks now. He was free coming out of the bye. We recommended him yep. as an ad. You know, now you're going to have to pay major waiver wire dollars if he's still out there in, in a few leagues. Um, but yeah, Mike White, uh, I don't know, in deeper super flex two quarterback leagues, he looks like a viable starter because we know that it's tough to run on the Colts, but they are still dealing with some injuries in the secondary. So I do think that this is going to be more of a a Mike White through the air game than a Michael Carter on the ground game. But of course, as you said, you know, Carter still has that PPR value because he is so involved as a receiver out of the backfield. 14 targets. That's, that's like Eckler ramped up in terms of this season. Right. Uh, and the Colts are going to put up points. Uh, Taylor and Pittman are the main producers here. I don't see much upside in uh, Naeem Hines this week, even with uh, Hilton out with a concussion, but uh, I think the Colts can lean into the run game here, despite the Jets' big win here versus Cincy. I, I unfortunately don't expect Lightning to strike twice. Yeah, and by the way, going back to Carter real quick, offhand, oh, sure. can you guess where he ranks on the year in terms of running backs? You mean total points? Mm -hmm. Yep. In PPR? Yeah. Let's put him at about 27. Higher. 22. RB 20. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. I, <laughs> now, of course, this week helped out a little bit, right? But oh, uh, for sure. Yeah. But still, that's something you, you know, want on your roster. That's uh, that's the state of running backs right now. He's a guy who's guaranteed, yeah. you know, double digit carries, probably three or four targets at minimum each week. That's that's worth quite a bit right now, considering all the running backs who are injured or just not playing well um uh, the only thing you have to cross your fingers for is for mike white to stand around because because he loves throwing the football to the running back unfortunately i don't know if zach wilson knows how to do that quite as well 
Yeah, so, you know, just a quick game here. Um, would you rather have Michael Carter or Miles Gaskin going forward? Oh, Michael Carter, for sure. Okay. Um, what about how much faith do you have in Antonio Gibson's shin getting to 100% because we saw Jared Patterson? I am Patterson. terrified of Antonio Gibson <laughs> right now. He is in a bad way. They need to sit that man down and just let that sucker heal because otherwise we're going to see this exact same thing for the rest of the season until they decide to IR him. And it is not a recipe for success on the field for his career or for us as fantasy managers. Yeah, so Washington is on bye this week, and this could really go either way. Maybe he comes out 100% and he gets more work, or maybe they just keep this committee rest of season. If you have Gibson right now and the guy who has Michael Carter is trying to sell him to for Gibson, are you taking that? I'd, I'd try and get a little plus, you know, sell him on the, well, you just grabbed him off free agency. Gibson's a third rounder sort of thing, you know. Okay, but if push came to shove, you know, who are you taking? Push come to shove, I, I'd have Carter. Okay. Um, yep. Is it crazy to consider him in the same realm as guys like Chase Edmonds? No, not right now. He's he's better than Chase Edmonds. All right. Let Let's say that you need to win in the next couple of weeks. Are you giving up Kareem Hunt for Michael Carter? Yes, absolutely, because I don't know what Hunt's timetable for return is going to be. Optimistically, we're talking like two weeks, but they're going to have a buy in there at some point too, right? Yeah, so, all right. Um, I, I think that's about the limit of where Carter is right now. I don't think anyone's given up Daryl Henderson or Ezekiel Elliott for him. Um, no, certainly not. But he's he's up there. You know, he's a, he's a mid-range RB2, maybe better if he keeps up this workload. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty crazy right now. But he's definitely a trade target if people think that this one-week blow-up um, is a quote-unquote reason to sell high. So, you know, obviously don't expect top five running back numbers necessarily, but definitely a reliable RB2 producer going forward uh, as long as this workload stays the same. Yeah, absolutely. You got anything else on the Colts side? Yeah, just, you know, at this point with Hilton with the concussion, it's really just Pittman and Taylor. But, you know, with the state of tight ends as it is, Mo Ali Cox is worth mentioning if you're desperate for help here. CJ Uzuma, CJ Uzama, sorry, he had a whole video on how to say his last name this past week. Oh, um, Uzama. well, that's helpful. He's about three years late. Come on, Siege. Yeah, so Uzama had quite a day with, uh, you know, not not crazy day just four for 33 but uh you know the jets are top 10 in fantasy points allowed to tight ends they've given up three touchdowns to tight ends over the last three games so worth a look if you need help certainly target the jets with the tight end it, it's so it's officially uzama it's uzama uzama okay perfect i'm gonna take the colts yeah it, it was a crazy upset over Cincinnati, but I'm still leaning the Colts, especially playing at home in Indy. Yeah, Indy is not exactly Cincy in the way that uh, these games turn out. All right, that takes us into Sunday, 1 p.m. Eastern, uh, noon Central. The Las Vegas Raiders at the New York Giants, who are playing tonight. Uh, I'm hoping for a clean bill of health for Josh Jacobs. Of course, we had no report over the past week because they're not committed to giving us any on a bye week. If he's playing, I'd start him as a running back two versus the Giants. If not, Kenyon Drake is probably going to have a fine game, probably be a fine RB2 for you. Um, if Jacobs does play, I know Jake 
uh, Drake has been scoring with the shared carry, but I want to see continued usage split, especially coming out of the bye before I buy in fully on him. And then their three top three uh, wide receivers, Ruggs, Edwards, and Renfro, each have flex value depending on your taste, what sort of play you need, something more boom bust, something more steady. Um, don't love the upside of any of the three this week. Yeah, really, Renfro is the top option for me just because he has the safest floor in PPR, I think. Um, and sure. then, again, if we'll see if Darren Waller starts practicing. If not, uh, Foster Moreau definitely in uh, contention for a tight end starter spot considering the target share that he got with Waller out. Totally. On the Giants side of the football, hopefully they can stay healthy tonight. We do have Shepard and uh, Tony suited up tonight, but that doesn't mean anything for next week. Um, the Raiders have not been bad against the pass, but hopefully uh, or Jones has spread the ball around here. So there's probably a solid flex to wide receiver two value here for the most healthy wide receiver. Uh, again, we'll see who that is coming into this uh, coming week. And then Evan Ingram has had trade target rumors. So uh, we will know about that by the end of tomorrow, if he's going to still be with the team or, or if he's moving in on to uh, other pastures. Yeah, this is a tough one to project uh, this early in the week, just because there's also yep. the added possibility that Barkley and or Galladay could return from their respective injuries. Um, right. Really, it's <laughs> Jones has been spreading around. So the beneficiary here is Jones, really, um, I think, at the Perfect. center of all that. Um, he'll be a definite uh, streamer candidate at the quarterback position. All right. Uh, I'm going to take uh, the Raiders uh, with with some confidence. Uh, they do play down and up to their opponents. Um, if the Giants play well against the Chiefs tonight, I think that'll amp the Raiders up and they will come in and take the victory. Yeah, we'll see. It's uh, these these two teams are both inconsistent uh, right now. As we're recording this, the the Giants are tied with the Chiefs. So I, I think with the possibility that Barkley and Galladay could be back here, I am going to lean the Giants at home. All right, Atlanta at New Orleans. Uh, Atlanta has lost its passing game with the departure of Julio Jones and the undisclosed leave of absence for Calvin Ridley. Uh, we certainly wish Calvin Ridley the best if this is a mental health matter, which it sounds like. From a fantasy perspective, that should open the door for more targets to Pitts and Patterson. At, at this point, we have to see who steps up at the wide receiver position. Um, it could be Gage. It could be Sharp. Uh, either way, it's not going to be pretty. Um, Pitts has mostly lined up as a wide receiver thus far, which worries me a little bit against his upside against New Orleans. Um, and then uh, Mike Davis could have back-end flex upside, but I definitely avoid it this week. Uh, New Orleans is, a, is not a defense I'd attack with Atlanta. No, definitely not. Tajay Sharp seems to have stepped into that number one role with Ridley out. Uh, so a viable deeper flex option, uh, you know, if you have none. Uh, but as you said, certainly not a great uh, matchup against the Saints here. Uh, really just good news for Davis and Patterson's. I think both running backs are probably going to see a lot more targets out of the backfield with the Falcons passing off and struggling as a whole. Um, but also, you know, worth mentioning, not on our injury report because it doesn't sound serious enough to to list but uh matt ryan did get cut um on his yeah. left hand the non-throwing hand uh after he got stepped on by a cleat he got cleated here so again just something that could affect his you know accuracy or ball handling skills um maybe more prone to fumbles certainly just not good for this atlanta offense in general and depending on your record here 
what do you think you're doing with Ridley? Is he a hold if you're, you know, six and two or, you know, already headed to the fantasy playoffs? Because it's not like a Calvin Johnson retirement. He just said that he needs to step away. And we really don't know how long that could be. Oh yeah. So, so I, if you, uh, you ask about a team with a winning record, I think that's actually very easy. If, if you have a winning record, you hold him. Um, he has not by any means um, been leading your team to these victories. So when he comes back, if he does come back this season, as we hope he'll be a boost to the team, to your team. Um, you've, you've not been relying on him. Um, I would not sell him off because you can only sell him low right now. Yeah. And I mean, it depends too on your league's IR rules because I do believe that he once he's designated as out each week, he will be IR eligible. Mm-hmm. So that's certainly right. something to consider. Um, but I, I do think that in shallower leagues, especially if you need wins <laughs> now, if you're you know under 500 right now, um, he is droppable because we simply just don't know with the situation, and it's hard to project and. Again, if you need wins now, if you need the roster space for a usable, startable player, then it's also he's also not a must-hold, but certainly try and trade him to a winning team first. Yeah, that sounds about right. Um, are you concerned about Kyle Pitts? Because I, I think I am. Um, in terms of what? In terms of this offense just getting shut down, most of the most of the game getting filtered to the running backs, and um, teams figuring out how to shut down a rookie tight end who's ha- being forced to play wide receiver. Yeah, I mean he's. It's tough because it's that double edged sword. Where right? is he a tight end one for you this week? There's my question. No, not this week. Um, yeah, I agree. And it's a double-edged sword because I think the coverage is going to shift his way, but the target share is also going to explode, right? Because they just don't have anyone else. They've got Tajay Sharp and Russell Yeah, but Gage. it didn't this last week because they, I mean, and they weren't even playing that great of a defense. Well, so here's the problem, right? Carolina's secondary is pretty good. Um, they also added Stephon Gilmore this week. He was back active. Um, New Orleans has Marshawn Lattimore. I, I don't know how much he's going to line up against Pitts with no viable wide receivers. Uh, next up is Dallas, who has Trayvon Diggs. And after that, it's New England. Right. So J.C. Jackson, really, you're not looking till week 12, week 13 against Jacksonville and Tampa right. Bay that, you know, he's going to have some decent matchups. So, yeah, if you think that you can sell Kyle Pitts as a tight end one, I do think that he is a sell candidate right now. Yeah, totally agree. That's all I wanted to get out of you. Yep. <laughs> On the New Orleans side of the football, um, nice win against Tampa, but uh, Kamara remains the only main play here. Uh, we have to see who, if any of the quarterbacks are healthy. Uh, it, it's looking like Simeon, though Hill, uh, Taysom Hill may be back this week, but I'm not going to trust any of the wide receivers with any of the quarterbacks here. No, but I do think it's worth talking about Taysom Hill, who would take over presumably if he comes back from concussion protocol, because sure. with Winston gone, you know, we saw last year that Taysom Hill runs a ton. He's kind of like Taylor Heineke, where <laughs> even if he struggles as a passer, he can be a very viable top 10, top 12 fantasy quarterback because of his rushing production. You've got that spot on. Uh, I'm going to take New Orleans here. Yeah, I'm going to take New Orleans too, but you know, it, it's one of those weird divisional games where this is not something I would put into a survivor pool. Totally. Uh, Buffalo at Jacksonville. Uh, Buffalo uh, should have another good showing here. 
um, play Allen and Diggs with confidence. Beasley and Sanders uh, sh- sh- seem to be uh, yo-yoing in value a little bit here, but both have tremendous upside in this offense. I, I wouldn't be afraid of either of them. That, that happens with wide receivers. I, uh, Beasley had a nice game. Sanders had a, a, a zero game, I think, this week. Um, Moss is the play over Singletary firmly at this point as, as a flex or running back three with upside or uh, capped upside, but upside. Yeah, and just worth noting, too, that Dawson Knox is day-to-day. So he was dropped in some leagues, and if you need tight end, go get help, him. Uh, you know, just double-check that waiver wire. Go, go get him, all you pits guys. All right, uh, as for Jacksonville, they have a very tough task against the Buffalo uh, defense. Am I nuts to call Dan Arnold the best play on this team right now, Mung? Well, it would appear to be him or Jamal Agnew, who led the team in targets. Uh, you know, he's getting a lot of targets out of the slot. Once uh, DJ Chark went down, he's become a big piece of that offense. So, yeah, it, it's pretty crazy. But, uh, you know, there is garbage time value with PPR volume. You're totally right there. Um, we have to see what uh, the result is of the James Robinson injury too early in, too early in the week to know exactly um, if he is going to miss the game. The next man up would be Carlos Hyde, but it does look like they'd be uh, giving uh, Dario Agunbowale uh, some touches as well. Yeah, and they just claimed Divine Azigbo too off uh, the Saints practice squad, I think. So he's someone who was with the Jags at one point but i I do think it's going to be mostly carlos hyde they seem to trust the veteran and uh he would be the priority pickup over those other two guys right now i did not see that that's so strange for urban meyer who wasn't with the team to go back to the well and grab a zigbo okay i'm gonna take buffalo here i don't think that's a surprise (laughs) no this should be one of the safer picks of the week i would think Absolutely. Cleveland at Cincinnati. This was a tough week for Cleveland. Uh, They were all healing, but not fully healed, in my opinion. I think that's what we saw in Nick Chubb uh, and Baker, of course. This week should be a bit better. Chubb should return to running back one form, I think, against Cincinnati. The pass game is still in trouble, though. Uh, Landry's probably a PPR wide receiver two or upside three right now, the way this team's operating and moving the football. Um, I OBJ, big time boom bust, but I'm not seeing any boom. I don't think we've seen it at all this season. No, he's playing through a shoulder injury. I think Landry is a wide receiver three or flex because he's getting all the targets while Beckham is struggling here. Um, And then it's worth talking about Derns Johnson too. We talked about him on the waiver wire section last week, how he's filled into that cream hunt one B role. It's not going to be all Chubb. Uh, So, you know, we saw him get a lot of targets uh, over Chubb. So I do think that he's a viable option, too. We, we saw the Jets show the world that um, the way to attack Cincinnati might just be uh, with running backs out of the backfield. And for Cincinnati, they had that surprising loss to the Jets, but but uh, it really doesn't weigh much into the fantasy equation. Uh, Mixon and Chase should be locked into all the lineups. Um, Higgins is, is a better play than Boyd, but both do have, have capped upside with the Cleveland defense. Yeah, and it's worth noting, too, uh, some good news for fantasy GMs who have Mixon is that he was much more involved in the passing game uh, this past week. We saw in weeks past that Samaje Pirine uh, took a lot of those passing down snaps uh, as Mixon came back from that injury. So uh, definitely uh, it helps his floor and ceiling in PPR formats. This is a tough game to call. I, uh, these AFC North showdowns are always difficult. Um... I'm going to take Cincinnati, despite the loss to the Jets. 
Yeah, I think Cincinnati is one of those teams where they play down to their competition sometimes. Uh, yeah. You know, they lost to the Bears earlier in the in the year, um, but <laughs> they, they sure seem did. to just dominate the AFC North, their divisional rivals. So I I do agree, especially with um, Baker Mayfield, probably not a hundred percent. Chubb, possibly not a hundred percent. Beckham, definitely not a hundred percent. As long as Miles Garrett doesn't kill Joe Burrow, I, I do think the Bengals will take this one at home. All right, the Patriots at the Panthers. Ramondre Stevenson was active, and Brandon Bolden did nothing, unfortunately. Hopefully you aren't relying on the paths from week to week. It's still just Harris and then a gut shot on Jacoby Myers. Uh, Hunter Henry did essentially nothing, and both tight ends fade back to tight, uh, touchdown-dependent obscurity. Yeah, we were, we were hoping that we'd see a Hunter Henry revenge game against the Chargers if John was out, but uh, that just didn't happen. And um, Yeah. This is also worth noting. This is going to be a Stefan Gilmore revenge game of sorts. So certainly don't mm-hmm. love Mac Jones here. Um, I think this offense is going to continue to try and run through Damian Harris. And I don't see this as a high scoring game this week. So probably uh, not starting any of the Patriots here outside of maybe Myers. Certainly not. And on the Carolina side, DJ Moore and Chuba are really your only plays on this team. Um, I am worried that DJ Moore may be neutralized by Bill Belichick, but I'm not sitting him regardless. Uh, It looks like Amir Abdullah is taking a chunk out of Hubbard's value here. Probably good for Hubbard's longevity, but bad for his short-term appeal. Uh, Of course, we need to hear about Christian McCaffrey's status as the week goes on, but, um, you know, I'm not expecting any surprises here. It depends on your options, but I do expect Belichick to take away DJ Moore. Um, it's yeah. not like the Panthers have much going for them, so I do think that's the game plan, especially if Terrace Marshall remains out with that concussion. I mean, there's just yeah. not a, not much else to guard other than DJ Moore, so I do think they double him, take him away. So I would consider benching him, depending on your other options here. Uh, worth noting, too, that Sam Darnold's in concussion protocol, too. So if P.J. Walker's in there, there's that's added risk for more and the other pass catchers as well. Um, it's, yeah, I mean, there's just not a whole lot to love here on either side from a fantasy perspective. That's what we love, some hard-nosed football. Give me, uh, give me the Patriots. Oh, yeah, I, it... I don't know. This one's tough. Take the Panthers, man. Make it make it interesting. No, I, I do like the Patriots coming off of a, a definitive win over the Chargers on the road. I, I do think they can keep this streak up, but this would not shock me if this turns out to be like a fourteen to nine type of win. Absolutely, Denver at Dallas. Um, Williams and Gordon remain flex plays with limited ceilings here. Jerry Judy's return does seem to have kept both Sutton and Patrick. I think Patrick is a full sit, but Sutton and Judy are both flex plays with some upside here against Dallas. Uh, I I do my best to find a better option than Noah Fant right now, though none may be available for you. Um, Maybe, you know, keep an eye on Dawson Knox if he was dropped for sure. But uh, when, uh, when Albert O's in the lineup, he certainly hurts Fant and Judy being back doesn't help the situation. Yeah, Alberto taking away a lot of those routes. Um, and then Judy, too, you know, he was still ramping up as well. So certainly I, I think there's even more opportunity for him going forward, which could just further hurt Fant, as you as you alluded to. As for Dallas, hopefully we uh, will see a return of Dak Prescott this coming week. Keep an eye on that. The Denver defense is definitely going to take a step back with the trade away of Von Miller, uh, though the recommendations won't really change for the team. Whoever's healthy, you play them. Dak, Cooper, Lamb, Schultz, and, of course, Ezekiel Elliott. 
Yeah, worth noting too that Michael Gallup was uh, designated to return from IR, so he could be back this week. Um, certainly doesn't make you bench Cooper or Lamb, but could take a, a little bit of target share away there as he is a better player than Wilson. Um, and then it, it does sound like Dak Prescott was very close to being ready on Sunday night against the Vikings. So the expectation right now is that he'll be back. Um, and with that assumption, I do think this is going to be a little bit of a higher scoring game with the Broncos defense struggling even when they had Von Miller. So I do think that Teddy Bridgewater and the Broncos will need to keep up on the other side. So I think this could turn out to be a higher scoring game and good for fantasy purposes. Tough question, but um, DJ Moore or uh, or either of the Broncos receivers, Judy, Judy or Sutton or Patrick, if you want to go that far down. Uh, I don't know about Patrick with Judy back, but yeah. I think I would be start starting both Sutton and Judy um, over um, DJ Moore. Although yeah. it, it sounds like Trayvon Diggs will play too, so I, I don't know if he t- tries to take away Sutton, so that's a risk. But uh, yeah, I, I think I'm less afraid of Trayvon Diggs than I am of Bill Belichick and J.C. Jackson. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I just wanted to uh, contextualize that. Um, I'll take Dallas here at home. Uh, yes, uh, assuming that Prescott will indeed return, I'm taking yeah. Dallas as well. Although, hey, <laughs> Dallas did pretty darn good with the backup, didn't they? Well, you're not wrong, and uh, Denver is in that same category as Minnesota right now where they're just treading water. They sure are. Speaking of Minnesota, Minnesota has Baltimore this week. Bad game for Minnesota all around, but this one isn't in primetime, so Kirk should be thankful for that. Cook and Jefferson should bounce back, and Thielen's fine, but I I don't think I'd push it past those three players this week. No, and uh, who knows? Kirk Cousins uh, might might throw some picks here. Uh, purple on purple. Uh, I know I would have yep. a hard time. It's hard to tell. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I think as you said, it's really those main options. You know, Conklin. If you wanna, if you really need the tight end help because Baltimore has struggled against tight ends, and this could be another high scoring game. Um, so worth mentioning. On the Baltimore side, they got the uh, week of rest, and we'll see if they have a new new offensive game plan now with all their players together. I expect them to keep throwing, uh, which will uh, keep Andrews and Marquise Brown relevant. And I think Rashad Bateman is a sneaky flex play here. I just don't think the Ravens are going to be able to uh, reliably cobble together a a good good running back production with these aged running backs, these guys that they've uh, had to deal with because of all their injuries. Yeah, and worth noting that Latavius Murray could be back, but at this point, we just don't know what the Ravens are doing with their backfield, so it's tough to trust any of these guys. Um, I, I think Murray would be the preferred option as a potential, you know, with the potential to punch in a touchdown. Yeah, agreed there. Uh, give me Baltimore at home. Yeah, give me Baltimore as well in the battle of the purple teams. <laughs> Uh, Houston at Miami. Uh, Brandon Cooks managed to eke out a nice touchdown here. Remains the main play for Houston. Uh, don't doubt him ever, I guess. Uh, it's still a mess with at running back, even with uh, Mark Ingram gone. Despite a full game of garbage time, Dar- uh, David Johnson had only one target. So, Cooks, that's all for this team. Yep, let's move it along. 
Yes, for Miami, much better matchup this week for Miami than Buffalo was. Gaskin is a running back three or flex. Jalen Waddles an upside flex play or a PPR wide receiver two, getting tons of targets. Mike Gasicki had a down week, but should bounce back in a big way here. And I'm not buying all the Devontae Parker targets just yet. I think that uh, I think that was pretty game specific to last week. Yeah, Tredavious White uh, pretty much blanketed Jalen Waddle, so that was in part uh, what led to all the targets for Parker, but he is a viable flex option, you know, considering uh, all the targets yeah. he saw. He could just remain more involved in this offense, and uh, yeah, it's <laughs> this is another offense that, you know, I understand that Buffalo's a, a really good defense, and they looked pretty good notwithstanding, but uh this is another offense that's very Jekyll and Hyde, depending on their opponents. Absolutely. Absolutely. Tua needs to grow and flourish. He will a little bit this week as Miami takes the win. I'm taking Miami too, but again, this is Miami's such a, an up and down team that another one that I would definitely be avoiding for survival pools. We saw Houston nearly knock off New England a few weeks ago. That'll take us into the Sunday midday, the LA Chargers at the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, it seems the NFL has original uh, has officially well, uh, recognized Williams as the top threat for uh, New England, or for uh, for the Chargers, I mean to say. Uh, all should be in play and should do well in Philadelphia, Herbert Eckler, Williams, and Allen. Who, uh, who, who are you stashing, if anybody, to back up Austin Eckler at this point in the season? Um, well, I mean, it doesn't look like Justin Jackson can stay healthy, so yeah. it's, it's probably Roundtree at this point. Yeah. Okay. That's what I thought. And, um, yeah, but, he's and not, but he's not on our, like, priority uh, list of waiver ads. <laughs> no, by no means. Um, because as we saw, Austin Eckler is pretty much better than Adam Schefter in posting on Instagram that he, he would be starting himself in fantasy, so there was no reason for us to bench him. <laughs> love it love it on the philly side it looks like miles sanders was really holding this team back uh really terribly all jokes aside uh, we know the charge was a lot more to the running back so so you could strike it big here in a dfs style play on one of these running backs um i'm going to defer to you mung on ranking these th three running backs but past that Hertz is a weekly go despite really not doing much again in the past game, but he may run for 100-plus versus uh, the Chargers here. Goddard's, of course, in play, and Smith may have a down week, but I, I don't think I'd shy away from him completely. This is going to be an interesting, if not fun, matchup to watch. Yeah, um, real quick, too, uh, going back to the Chargers, it wouldn't shock me if Darius Slay limits Mike Williams a little bit. Could be another big Keenan Allen week. Sure. Um, as far as Philly goes... Uh, DJ Moore, Devontae Smith this week. Oh, that's a good question. I think Devontae Smith. I'm actually still leaning more just because we yeah. know the Chargers secondary is pretty tough as well. Um, yeah, I, I agree with you. That's it's it's a tough one though. But again, it's you know one man versus a whole defense, right? Yeah, definitely. Um, as yeah. far as the running backs go, uh, <laughs> this is tough because we've seen Nick Sirianni just run this committee since his time with the Colts um it would be I would say that Scott and Gainwell will be good starts if Jordan Howard hadn't also been activated and very much involved last week I would personally yeah, rank them I would personally rank them Scott Howard and Gainwell because it, it seems like they want Gainwell to stick to that pass catching Naeem Hines role 
And I think that you continue to try attacking the Chargers on the ground as we saw New England do and other teams do so far this year. I'm almost with you, but I think I do have gained well over Howard because I think the Chargers are going to be able to score here and they are going to end up in a game plan where they do have to end up throwing the ball Gainwell's way a little bit more. I, I think Gainwell, yes, he did essentially nothing early in the game, but he was also game scripted out of that one. Sure, I could see that. Yep. Uh, I'm going to take the Chargers. Yes, I will take the Chargers as well. Okay. Green Bay at the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, Rodgers, Jones, and Adams are all locks, of course. Dylan should have 10-plus looks. Uh, he's a flex play in a pinch, I think. Tunyon's done for the season, and the peripheral wide receivers aren't getting anything done for you. Uh, well, Randall Cobb did have a nice week, but that was in the absence of Devontae Adams. Yeah, sorry. Uh, I forgot real quick. Going back to the Chargers. Sure. Um, if you already have, like, a you know, McCaffrey or, or someone else on IR. Is Miles Sanders droppable? Yeah, totally. Yeah, I think I agree. Um, totally. Again, depends on who you'd be adding and all that, but uh, he's right. certainly not a must-hold like like Allen Robinson, sadly. Some of these third, fourth rounders are oh. just uh, returning no value. But sorry, uh, going back to Green Bay that you started talking about, I, I think it's a wait-and-see game on, you know, Cobb, Lazard and um, Marcus Valdez-Scanling, who's coming back from IR, because I do think there's opportunity for one of these guys to step up with the absence of Tunyon for the rest of the year, because I, I don't know that Mercedes Lewis is going to do a whole lot. He's mostly a blocking tight end. So I, I do think that if I had to pick one right now, I'm still kind of banking on that chemistry that Randall Cobb had from his past tenure in Green Bay. Is, is that who you would pick if you were adding one of these Packers wide receivers? Yeah, if it's anyone, it's Cobb. Uh, the, the other guys are, you may as well take their names out of the, uh, out of the waiver pool because I could never consider Valda Scandling or Lazard. Okay, yeah, I mean, definitely more, uh, more in best ball consideration because they just need that one long touchdown, but it's, it's not coming in 70% of the weeks. Yeah, they drop him a lot more than they catch him, too. And on the uh, Kansas City side, hoping for everyone's health tonight and through the week for what should be a good game for the Kansas City offense, I'm hoping. Um, Derek Gore has a touchdown tonight, folks, uh, leading the uh, rushing with nine carries, 50 yards, and a touchdown so far, uh, almost at halftime. I've never heard his name. Have you, Mung? Yeah, in some deep dynasty leagues, he was <laughs> on my roster at one point, I think. But uh, really, you know, we should have seen this coming. I mean, he's like a hybrid between Derrick Henry and Frank Gore. Uh, this guy's a monster. He's he's just, man, like we should have seen this coming. What, what happened to, uh, I thought the next big thing was going to be, oh, his name is escaping me right now. They drafted him two years ago in like the fifth round. Darwin Thomas. Oh, Darwin Thompson. Yeah, that's the one. <laughs> Uh, yeah, he was uh, he was almost as good as Kristen Michael, I think. You got that. Hey, hey, Kristen Michael had a bunch of chances to be great, but he just he just couldn't make it happen. It was it's bad true. coaching. I still blame the coaching. Um, um, you know, I I'm gonna pick KC over Green Bay, even though I I think they're Green Bay may win this one. In all honesty, I I don't know what KC's doing out there on the football field, but my heart sticks with Kansas City. 
Yeah, by, by the way, uh, sorry, I've been, I feel like I've been backtracking a ton tonight on this show, but uh, going back to Green Bay real quick. It's all right, sure. Uh, worth noting, too, that Kylan Hill tore his ACL, so we weren't starting right. Hill, but uh, that no. makes A.J. Dillon have even more upside if anything were to happen to Aaron Jones. So, uh, again, Dillon's out there in quite a few leagues. I know rosters are, or uh, excuse me, uh, bench spaces are in short supply right now with a lot of buys coming, but, uh, you know, him guys like Dylan, uh, he's probably in the same category as Madison and Tony Pollard. I, I think he's one of those elite handcuffs now with Kylan. Dylan, no yeah, Dylan's a player that you make room for. You, there is room on your bench for AJ Dylan. You can't tell me there isn't. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, Kansas city's defense has been terrible. Green Bay pulled it out on the road against the Cardinals, but their defense isn't exactly good too. Uh, you know, the, no. Again, th- this just comes down to home, home team uh, advantage because it's an arrowhead. I'm going to lean Kansas City. Thank you. It would it would have hurt to to lose a point on that one. Arizona at San Francisco. I- I'd like to see DeAndre Hopkins get a bit healthier. Uh, I would start him in this offense. You know, every week, of course. But I, I know Mung, you do move off of your studs. What do you think about Hopkins this week? I think he's really risky because yeah. he's probably not going to be a hundred percent, even with 10 days, right? Uh, where that's assuming he's, he plays, which we don't know that yet. Um, but we've seen him kind of be a decoy of sorts in the past. And then on top of all that too, we don't know how healthy Kyler Murray is or if he's even going to play this early in the week because he suffered a rough looking ankle sprain late in the loss to the Packers um, that really, I mean, that last drive, uh, you know, we can blame AJ Green all we want, but Kyler Murray was struggling on that drive. And oh. I I think that Kyler Murray is a sell high right now because a lot of his production in fantasy is, is dependent on that rushing as well as his ability to scramble around and make those plays while he sure buys is. time. And while he might be active this week or next week, he's not expected to miss a whole lot of time. But remember, last year, after he hurt his shoulder, he Uh ran way less over the second half of the year, and that really affected his fantasy production. And I think we could see something similar over the second half of this season. That's, I mean, that's the main risk you play with with these these young guys that that have similar play styles. Allen, Murray, uh, Lamar Jackson, of course. Um, if they're not running, they aren't necessarily doing amazing for you. And it lets the defense not necessarily have to spy on the player so they can drop back a little more, play a little more coverage and it hurts the passing output too. So I I'm with you, Mung. Yeah. So look, you you can't sell Murray or Hopkins low. Um, but if you can still get like 80% of their value, I, I think I would be parting ways with them. Uh, depending on what you can get. Yeah, absolutely. Um, if, if I mean you're if you're in a ten or uh, shallower, or sorry, ten or fewer. Sorry, nope. If you're in a twelve team or fewer teams league, there will be quarterbacks every week on the waiver wire that you can play. That's why I play late late uh, round quarterback. Um, I think you could probably get away with shipping off Kyler Murray if you can plug a major hole on your team. Uh, before anything takes it, oh, uh, before he loses any more value. Yeah, I mean, if if you can stream guys like Daniel Jones and Taysom Hill, um, and Ryan and Tannehill, if you can get like a Michael Carter, and you really need yeah. running back help, like 
I think I would ship Murray for Michael Carter in one quarterback redraft formats. I, I'm right there with you. All right. Take the name off Michael Carter and instead think strong running back two. Quarterback or strong running back two? There's, there's your question. Yeah, and, and again, uh, you know, don't like panic on Murray. You're not selling no, for no. pennies because he can still be a top 12 quarterback rest of season. I just don't know that we're going to see that elite top three production. All right. On the San Francisco side of the ball, unless you have anything else about Arizona? No, but I'll probably come back to it in about 45 seconds. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to come back to it. Um, I, I still think regardless that Green, Kirk, Edmonds, and Connor are all are all flex plays. Um, they have capped upside every week, but they each have a fair enough decent floor. Um, well, that depends because it comes down to really how much do you trust Colt McCoy, um, which I personally do not. So again, it really so depends if Kyler's on Kyler. not playing. Then you think this whole team is pretty much toast against the, uh, against the Niners. I yeah I I I would not rely on any of those guys as I I think you can start them in in the flex but I would not expect a whole lot. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, because we've Green, seen that rank, rank these players. It's good. AJ Kirk, Green because I think Chris. he's the outlet guy in the slot more so than Kirk or Green. I mean. Oh, no, no. I was going to say, I was going to name four different players. Oh, okay. Go ahead. Rank these four wide receivers. A.J. Green, Christian Kirk, Devontae Smith, D.J. Moore. This is assuming Kyler is out? Yeah. Say that again. Green, Kirk, D.J. Moore, Devontae Smith. I think it's still more for me just because, you know, he could get loose and... You know, he, he does have that yards after catch ability if they do mm. um, blow He's coverage. the best player of the, f- yeah, of the four, just, in my opinion. It's so. a talent because um, we know that Belichick will scheme against him, but at the same time, right. all he needs is that one big play. So I think it's more than it's Kirk, than it's Smith, than it's Green. Okay, I like it. Um, I would, uh, I think I'm going, if, if, if yeah, if Kyler's not playing, huh? I think for me it goes Smith more, Kirk Green. Okay, that's fair. Yeah. It's it's tough because you're just hoping for a touchdown from one of these guys, right? Because we're not yep. expecting a ton of catches or yardage from me from any of them. No. All right. For San Francisco, uh, much like last week, if nothing changes, Mitchell and Debo are the main plays. Both are, you know, dominating the touches at their respective position. Uh, Keep an eye on Kittle's potential return this week. And same with any of the injured running backs. Um, Hasty's giving a lot of that cleanup time. Um, And I I don't know exactly when McKissick's expected back, if he's he's ready or not. Not McKissick, I'm sorry. Um, McKinnon. Yep. Well, McKinnon's on the Chiefs. You mean... Uh, nope, that's not his name. <laughs> Jeff Wilson Jr.? That's the one. JWJ. That's I, the I, one. Knew, I knew who you were talking about. Um, yep. Yeah, I, I don't know how much I trust Kyle Shanahan, but he did say that, uh, you know, uh, Kittle and Robbie Gold are both expected to return this week. So just an FYI. Um, 
I, I think you're starting Kittle as soon as he's active. There's just not much unless you picked up like a um like a Dawson Knox and he's active, you know? Right. But uh, Yeah, I agree. Uh Kittle's Kittle's too good to avoid, honestly. There's a reason he was taken as a top three tight end. He is a very good play. Um, this team has been in shambles and all over the place. At some point, they got to get back to the basics, and he is still the best player on their offense, in my opinion. Yeah. Well, no, Debo's better when he's healthy, but but Kittle's number two. Well, I think they're both pretty dominant yards after the catch players, so that that fits into what they're trying to do with Garoppolo and just you know limiting his turnover prone errors. Um, yeah, but man, I mean. There's not much to talk about Demo Samuel, but I just want to take a second and appreciate how good he's been this yeah. year. I mean, we knew the the potential is there for a healthy Samuel, but he's been <laughs> limited by soft tissue injuries the last couple of years. And man, this is just I, I I'm I mean, I'm a big Ayuk fan, but I'm also rooting yeah. for Samuel because he's looked great. Yeah, Ayuk's production all last year came with with Samuel Hurt. For as long as he's healthy, he's you know a locked locked and loaded wide receiver one, tremendous player drafted in the first round that uh, a lot of people didn't see coming. A lot of people you know didn't agree with the with the pick. Obviously, they were uh, they were right on. Yeah, definitely. All right, I'm going to take Arizona. Um, this this could be a tough game this week though. I think the Niners are peaking at the right time. Okay. And I think if Kyler plays, he's still going to be limited. And I think yeah. that Joey Bosa is going to be uh, the determining factor in this game. And at home, I'm going to go with the Niners. I could see it. I could see it. Hopefully not, though. That'll take us into Sunday night football, Tennessee at the L.A. Rams. Uh, we know about the big, big injury at the running back position. Um, they signed Adrian Peterson. I think we've got it. I think it's too early to call. We've got to tune in this week and see if they do happen to make a trade in the next, uh, however many hours, if they do, we add any more running backs. Um, I think we can only really talk more about the past game. Uh, Jalen Ramsey has not been shadowing a ton this year, so I would not shy off of AJ Brown. And I think they're going to have to lean more into the pass and change this offense a little bit. So for me, I, I'm not running away from, uh, from uh, AJ Brown at all. If Julio's back, I think I'm okay with him. Tannehill may be in some trouble this week though, with Von Miller added to this team. Yeah. So uh, this is another one with a lot of moving pieces, right? Um, Yeah. (laughs) So even assuming that Adrian Peterson is activated off the practice squad and at the same time, they do not sign or trade for another running back. I still would shy away from Peterson because I think McNichols is going to be more in that pass catching role. I I don't know how much there is going to be for Peterson on the ground. Um, That said, I do think he's worth an add because we saw that last year with the Lions, even though Peterson looked a lot slower, didn't have the same kind of burst with that goal line role, he can still punch in, you know, seven or eight touchdowns over the second half of the year. Um, so right. I do think he's he's a touchdown dependent flex uh, for teams that need help um, or, a, you know, a desperation RB2, back end RB2. Um, and then in terms of the wide receivers, I think we're really going to need to monitor Julio Jones's status because you're right that Ramsey yeah. has been playing that star role, has not been shadowing a ton. But if Julio's out with Derrick Henry already out, 
I mean, they're going to put Ramsey on Brown because they're not worried about Nick Westbrook, Akine, or, you know, Josh Reynolds or any of those guys, right? I, I think Ramsey absolutely sticks with Brown if, if they're facing A.J. Brown and Adrian Peterson as the top two guys on that offense. This is a tough week um, for, the, for the Titans. Uh, if they can somehow win this game, it's going to show a lot about their character and a lot about their smarts, really. Um, you cannot instill an NFL-level offense in less than a week. Um, so this, if, if Peterson's in at all, um, it's going to be a very reduced, you know, game script, you know, inside runs, outside runs, nothing crazy with him, you know, play action. Yeah, he'll play. It's just a matter of what, how effective he's going to be. I mean, really you're hoping for if Adrian Peterson is active, right? I think his ceiling is going to be like 12 carries, 28 yards and maybe a touchdown <laughs> like you're hoping for that goal line plunge yeah it, um, it's a goal line it's a goal line yeah. touchdown that's it so yeah uh, and again not not high expectations for adrian peterson and and going back to aj brown i'm not saying necessarily bench him but i would vastly limit your expectations um if julio was out i, I this is what we talked about a couple weeks ago against the bills right like you're hoping julio's active so that takes away some of the coverage from Brown because this team is really, or I should say it was built around Brown and Derrick Henry. And now with Henry gone, it's built around Brown and hopefully Julio. I'm just thinking they're going to have to throw the ball his way a ton. And honestly, if they do play man and just shadow him with, with Jalen Ramsey, that might be the best case scenario for this team, to be honest, because that means they're not rolling more coverage to him they are relying on this strong pass rush that just got a lot stronger. And I think Tannehill has it in him to just chuck it up and see who's going to win at this point in their careers. I'm taking AJ Brown over Jalen Ramsey seven times out of 10, honestly. Not, I mean, not with a safety over top too. Uh, again, they, mm -hmm. they can, they can have that. Safety yeah, if Julio's not in this game, they're in trouble. Yeah, yeah. yeah, for yeah, sure. yeah. That, that's my point, right? Without Julio, you know, they're yeah. going to have the safety, uh, you know, definitely shading that way. And then the other, the other guys can worry about Josh Reynolds and Nick, Nick, Nick Westbrook Akine. I think we're getting very technical uh, and neither of us know what the heck we're talking about in terms of uh, the uh, LA Rams actual defensive game plan. Uh, but uh, Hey, that's the fun of talking about this stuff, right? Yeah. Well, and the other thing is if they do play a lot of this man coverage, right? Uh, the pass rush can get home. So, you know, how much time is Tannehill going to have to find Brown regardless? This Von Miller ad is going to be huge now he can play this week there's not some sort of like covid rule that i'm unaware of of changing locker rooms no the the so the only reason Ertz wasn't eligible a couple weeks ago is because he had already played that thursday right um so von right. miller is expected same game week. to start this week okay awesome i'm excited for this game all right other side of the football uh the rams have a very high octane offense. Tennessee obviously provides opportunities to score, but their defense has been a bit better uh, than people thought they were going to be this season. Stafford, Henderson, and Cup are locks regardless, and Woods is getting enough looks to be at least a weekly flex. Um, with the talk of uh, DJ uh, Sean Jackson looking to move off the team, I think Van Jefferson, if not in your lineup, I, I think he becomes one of those rare. Um, wide receiver handcuffs you know we don't tout them much but i think he needs to be on a roster um 
he doesn't have to be, but I think the upside's there. Uh, I, I certainly like Van Jefferson quite a bit. Um, he, I think he dealt with a minor injury uh, over the during the win over Houston too, so something to check on. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, I, I do think that there's opportunity for Jefferson if anything were to happen to Woods or Cup. Um, but again, wide receivers deep enough that I don't think he's a, a must add or a must stash on the bench. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. You're right about the depth. But uh, if one of them gets hurt, I, I think he's automatically a wide receiver three at the very worst for, for every week. Yes, I, I think for sure. Given that he's the downfield threat as well, you know, he, he could be a little bit boomer bust, but the, the target share would definitely increase significantly. Um, Higby too. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I'm going to take the Rams here. Should be a fun game, but I, I think there's too many moving pieces for Tennessee to eco win out here. No, I I think the Rams would have been favored even without Von Miller and with yeah. Derrick Henry. So I, I I definitely lean the Rams by quite a bit. All right, Monday night football, the Chicago Bears at the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, Herbert's the main play here for Chicago. Uh, hopefully in the coming weeks, maybe Mooney will be added to that list with what looked like a step forward for Justin Fields this week. Hopefully it wasn't a fluke. Uh, there's definitely been chatter about a, uh, Allen Robinson. So keep uh, attention to whether he's traded in the next day or so. Uh, my money's that he stays in Chicago for the season, which, which really tanks his value right now. If, if he's not traded, he's, he's the last player on your bench. Yeah, um, don't love Herbert either against the tough Steelers defense. No. Um, again, Justin Fields looked better this week, but it, it's still hard to trust um, that 100 rushing yards is definitely within his range of outcomes each week, but I would not def- necessarily expect it against uh, this Steelers front seven. So, yeah, it's, I mean, it's really just Mooney right now and then Herbert as a volume flex play. But even even then, you know, David Montgomery – uh, could be back after the buy, so his fantasy relevance is waning for the foreseeable future. Yeah, and for Pittsburgh, Najee Harris and Deontay Johnson are locked into lineups. Chase Claypool is an upside flex play. Pat Frymuth, uh, Frymuth is looking really good. Uh, he's definitely in play against Chicago. Um, should be a decent week for Pittsburgh. Yeah, I have Frymuth on the waiver wire section. I, I think he's a rest of season ad, as we talked about already last week. Again, some of these guys that we've talked about on the waiver wire section, get them while they're cheap, right, uh, in advance. Um, yep. So Frymuth, it's not a great matchup because Chicago has been pretty good against the tight end position. But, um, again, rest of season uh, outside of, like, a Dawson Knox or, um, you know, a guy like that, I would take Frymuth over, like, Dan Arnold, Mo Ali Cox, some of the other guys that we've talked about. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to take the Steelers here. Yes, I, I like the Steelers' defense this week as well. Don't be shocked, though, because Pittsburgh does play to their level of competition. And oh, definitely. <laughs> we, know, uh, we, know, we know Chicago's level of competition. Um, I'm less worried about that at home, though. So I, I do. Yeah. You know, if this game were in Chicago on Monday night, I would I would definitely think it's more of a toss-up. But uh, I, yeah. I do lean Pittsburgh in Pittsburgh. Yep. And four teams on the bye this week. Detroit, hopefully you weren't leaning into Jared Goff. Uh, Goff, uh, keep an eye on what's going on with DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams and then TJ Hawkinson. In Seattle, you're sitting Russell Wilson, uh, Wilson, Alex Collins, Rashad Penny, DK Metcalf, and Tyler Lockett, who absolutely exploded this week. Tampa Bay, of course, touchdown Tom. 
uh, Leonard Fournette, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Antonio Brown, who's still injured, and Rob Gronkowski, who left after one one play. And in Washington, Taylor Heineke, Antonio Gibson, J.D. McKissick, Jarek Patterson, Terry McLaurin, Logan Thomas, and Ricky Seals-Jones. That's another team that's offense is just a mess and in flux. Uh, thankfully, we don't have to make any decisions this week. Hopefully, they release some news uh, in the next one, but I'm doubting they're going to give us anything of value. Yeah, and uh, the COVID news, uh, Alan Lazard was activated, but Devontae Adams has not yet returned from the COVID list, so definitely check in on Adams over the next few days. And that'll take us into the injury news at quarterback Kyler Murray, doubtful with the ankle sprain. It was reported that Murray could miss a week or two, and it's possible that even once he returns, his mobility will be limited, reducing his rushing upside for fantasy production. Murray is not a must-sell, but it might be worth looking into, uh, depending on what you can get in return. A shoulder injury last year limited his fantasy points over the second half of the season, and the ankle could likewise impact him rest of the season. Jameis Winston. Tours PCL and ACL, he's out for the year. Taysom Hill becomes a priority add in Superflex in two quarterback formats if he can return from his concussion in the next week or two. Otherwise, Trevor Simeon becomes a desperation add. Zach Wilson has a PCL sprain. He's out three to four weeks. Wilson is likely out until week 10 versus Buffalo or week 11 versus Miami. He wasn't being relied on in one quarterback leagues anyways, but Mike White could be worth an add in Superflex or two quarterback formats. Dak Prescott with a calf strain, he's probable. Prescott was a game-time decision for Sunday night's game versus Minnesota, and there's optimism right now that he'll be ready for this week. Still, monitor his practice status. Tyrod Taylor, Tyrod Taylor, uh, hamstring strain on the IR. Taylor's eligible to return from the IR, but he's probably not worth adding outside of Superflex or two-quarterback. He's uh, His impending return could be good news for Brandon Cook, though. And Russell Wilson with finger fracture, ligament tear on the IR. He's eligible to return week 10. Uh, they're on a bye this week. And at the running back position, we've got James Robinson with a heel injury. He is questionable. Doesn't sound too serious uh, after he injured his heel running into a cart on the sideline, but they have said that they're going to be cautious with him, so we'll see. Definitely something to monitor as Jacksonville provides some practice updates over the next couple days. Derrick Henry, of course, with the foot fracture, he is out for the fantasy season. Now there's a chance that Henry could return in January if the Titans make the playoffs the NFL playoffs, uh, but Henry is very unlikely to return prior to uh, week 17. So definitely droppable in all redraft formats and potentially shifts the power rankings uh, in your fantasy leagues. So don't give up hope just yet if uh, there was a dominant team or two. Still a lot of games left to be played. Kylan Hill with the ACL tear, he's done for the year. Um, as we said before, Hill wasn't rostered in most leagues to begin with, but this makes A.J. Dillon an even more priority stash uh, and a potential flex option alongside Aaron Jones because if Jones were to miss any time, there is now a scenario where Dillon could become a league-winning workhorse. Josh Jacobs with the chest injury that he suffered prior to the Raiders' bye, um, he is questionable. The early reports were that this is not a severe injury, but again, check to see if Jacobs starts practicing over the next few days. Antonio Gibson with that stress fracture in his shin. Uh, Washington is on bye this week, and Gibson actually came off the injury report before the game against Denver, but at the same time, uh, he proceeded to see fewer touches than J.D. McKissick and Jarrett Patterson, so kind of mixed messages uh, that we're getting from Washington. His shin may be 100% after their bye this week, but 
tough matchups coming up against Tampa Bay and Carolina. Um, and then it might just become a full-blown committee in Washington. So it might be wise to at least explore the idea of selling Gibson if any of the fantasy GMs in your league believe that he's going to re really return to form after the bye. Latavius Murray with the ankle sprain, he's questionable. We'll see if he can get some practices in this week with the Ravens coming off of their bye. But Baltimore's backfield has really turned into a full-blown committee, so Murray would probably be a risky flex even if he's active. Saquon Barkley with the ankle sprain, he's questionable. Uh, was not able to suit up for this Monday night game, so we'll see if he can start getting some work in over the next few days. David Montgomery uh, with the knee injury on IR, he's eligible to return, but with the Bears on bye next week, it's very possible that they're just going to give him the extra two weeks to get back to 100% and activate him in week 11. So watch for his practice status, but unless he gets a couple of full practices in, he's probably going to remain out. Christian McCaffrey with a hamstring strain on IR. He's eligible to return, but uh, Matt Rule's comments certainly don't inspire confidence, so just keep watching his practice status to see if he's actually ramping up to return. Clyde Edwards-Alaire with the MCL sprain. He's out three to four weeks, um, so he's eligible to return this week. But again, like McCaffrey, check on his practice status later in the week to make sure and again like david montgomery edwards alaire is another potential sell candidate because this could just turn into more of a committee with gore and daryl williams uh, even once edwards alaire is ready to come back kareem hunt with the calf injury he's on ir and is eligible to return in week 10 until then darnest johnson maintains that 1b role behind chubb chris carson with the neck injury on ir he is eligible to return in week 10, and it is good news, at least optimistic, that um, Pete Carroll talked about his considering a, a return to practice. But uh, again, we'll see if that actually happens. And then finally, Miles Sanders with the ankle injury that was, of course, initially deemed not that serious. But ultimately, he was placed on IR, and he will not be eligible to return until week 11. And until then, the Eagles' backfield is going to be difficult to decipher week to week with Boston Scott, Jordan Howard, and Kenneth Gainwell all involved here. At wide receiver, we've got plenty of injuries. DeAndre Hopkins with a hamstring strain, questionable. Soft tissue injuries are difficult to return from and easy to aggravate. Hopkins has a decent shot with 10 days after Arizona played on Thursday night, but his fantasy potential could be held back if Murray's out or limited even if Hopkins plays. Corey Davis questionable with the hip. We'll see if Davis can come back with the Jets playing early this week on Thursday. Check his participation in practice leading up to Thursday. Antonio Brown's on a bye but has the ankle injury. It sounds like he's healing well and is expected to return after the bye. Julio Jones questionable with the hamstring strain. With Henry gone, Tennessee could really use Julio back to bolster their passing offense. Keep an eye on his practice status this week. T.Y. Hilton is out with the concussion. With Indy playing on Thursday, he's already been ruled out. So we'll see if he's able to clear protocols for next week. Kenny Galladay is questionable with the knee hyperextension. He continues to miss time and did not practice this last week. Keep an eye on his practice participation over the next couple days. Michael Gallup on IR with the calf injury. He was designated to return from the IR last week, so there's a good chance that Dallas's offense will be back to full strength this week with both Prescott and Gallup back. Will Fuller uh, on the IR with a broken finger. He's eligible to return. Check to see if he can get some practice in later the week. And Michael Thomas had the ankle surgery on the pup. 
Thomas is eligible to be activated activated off the pip uh, pup list this week following off season ankle surgery, uh, but it remains to be seen how far along he is in his recovery and whether New Orleans will rush him back. Still, he's a worthwhile stash for teams with strong records who are already looking ahead to the playoffs. And at tight end, we've got Robert Tunyon with the ACL tear. He's done for the season in droppable and all redraft formats. Then we've got Darren Waller with that ankle injury prior to the bye. We'll see if he can start practicing later this week uh, as the Raiders start ramping up, but he is questionable as of now. Dawson Knox with the hand fracture. He is questionable. Fractured his hand against Tennessee in week six. So monitor his practice status this week. It's possible that he returns, but it's probably more likely that he'll be back in week 10. Rob Gronkowski with some back spasms. He is on bye this week. Again, Gronk has dealt with back issues throughout his career, but the Bucks buy comes at a perfect time. Check his practice status next week as they come back. Logan Thomas with a hamstring strain on IR. He is eligible to, to return, but he has not started practicing yet, so monitor his participation over the next few days. Until then, Ricky Seals-Jones remains the top guy in Washington. And finally, George Kittle coming off of the calf strain. He is on IR and eligible to return. Again, Shanahan sounds optimistic that he will be back this week, but double-check and make sure that he is practicing over the next few days just in case. All right, a couple of waiver wire choices at quarterback for you. Daniel Jones, we'll see how he fares tonight fully versus KC, but he could have all his wide receivers healthy and potentially Barkley back as well for the coming matchup versus the Raiders. He also has rushing upside, which elevates his fantasy floor and ceiling a bit. Tua Tungavailoa, Tua predictably struggled versus a tough Buffalo defense this past week, but he produced back-to-back 20-plus fantasy point outings versus Atlanta and Jacksonville the two weeks prior. Houston should be a bounce-back game as they've allowed 17-plus points to opposing quarterbacks in every game but one this year, including a 300-yard and three-touchdown outing to Stafford this past Sunday. Teddy Bridgewater, Denver won a low-scoring affair versus Washington this past week, but they'll likely need to throw more to keep up with Dallas this week, assuming Prescott starts. With another week for Jerry Judy to integrate back into the offense and Albert O back as well, Bridgewater will have his full arsenal to contend with Dallas. And Trevor Simeon or Taysom Hill in New Orleans, if you're desperate, the Saints get a weak Falcon secondary and should be able to win, even with James Winston out rest of season. Simeon looked serviceable versus a tough Bucks front seven, though Hill would be a safer option considering his rushing ability. Either can have an okay day with Kamara producing yak for them on, on shorter throws. At running back, we'll kick it off with Elijah Mitchell. Uh, we've been talking about Mitchell for weeks now. He's mostly rostered at this point, but surprisingly available in a fair percentage of leagues, so he should be 100% rostered here. Michael Carter and Ty Johnson. Carter's another guy we've talked about for a few weeks who's still out there in quite a few leagues. He's become a workhorse for the Jets as both a runner and receiver, and their offense looks surprisingly capable even with Mike White on her center. And in deeper leagues, Ty Johnson is worth consideration as the secondary back here. He's seeing enough targets to be a deep flex in PPR scoring. Dernis Johnson. Johnson predictably ceded the lead role back to Nick Chubb, but he still played 31% of the snaps and saw three targets as the Kareem Hunt role in the 1B role behind Chubb. We saw that the Jets running backs found plenty of room against Cincinnati on Sunday as receivers out of the backfield. So Darnus Johnson could be busy again this week as a boomer bust flex play. 
Mark Ingram. Ingram saw six carries and two targets in his first game back with New Orleans, and his role could continue to grow as he is familiar with Sean Payton's offense. The Saints have a strong offensive line, and Ingram could be a nice touchdown-dependent flex play rest of season if he sees that goal line work over Kamara as he has in the past. Carlos Hyde. If James Robinson were to miss some time here, Hyde seems to be the lead back in his stead as he corralled six of his eight targets against Seattle for 40 receiving yards. There's likely going to be plenty of garbage time targets yet again for Hyde this week against Buffalo. Boston Scott and Jordan Howard. Scott and Howard saw most of the goal line work against Detroit, not Gainwell. It would be foolish to expect two touchdowns apiece for either of them again, but the Chargers have allowed nine rushing touchdowns to running backs in just seven games this year, so there's definite scoring upside for both of these running backs if your team needs help at the position. Jeremy McNichols and Adrian Peterson. With Henry done for the season, McNichols will likely see a lot of the passing down snaps, but Peterson could get some goal line work and be a touchdown dependent flex play if he still has juice. The future Hall of Famer wasn't at all efficient with Detroit last year, but still managed to score seven rushing touchdowns in his 10 starts with the Lions. However, don't go crazy bidding for either of these guys as there is still the possibility that the Titans could trade for or sign another running back in the coming days. And finally, J.D. McKissick, who is on bye this week, but he continues to see a lot of receiving usage in that Washington backfield. We'll see if Gibson regains more touches after their bye, but McKissick remains a usable PPR flex with upside considering how much Washington has been trailing in the second half of games this season. And, of course, at wide receiver, I'm not sure how many more times we can uh, mention Cole Beasley, but here he is. Uh, he's boomer bust, but continually has top 10 wide receiver upside each week in the slot uh, role for an efficient Buffalo, Buffalo offense. He gets another great matchup versus a poor Jacksonville secondary this week that just allowed a massive game to Tyler Lockett. And then, of course, the West Coast version of Cole Beasley, Hunter Renfro. As we said last week, uh, don't worry too much about Renfro's bad game versus a tough Denver slot matchup. He's bounced back with eight targets versus Philadelphia and remains one of the safest wide receiver threes with a high weekly floor in PPR scoring. The Giants secondary doesn't scare anyone this week as the Raiders come off their bye. Jarvis Landry. Cleveland's offense is struggling right now with Mayfield and Beckham both playing through injury. Landry led the team in targets by a wide margin with 10 versus Pittsburgh, and the passing offense should continue running through short targets to Landry for the time being, making, a P making him a PPR flex with upside. Jamal Agnew in Jacksonville. We talked about Agnew for a couple of weeks now. He led the team in targets versus Seattle, and he has become an important piece of their passing offense as the new slot receiver. He's probably a slightly safer play than either Marvin Jones or LaVisca Chenault at this point as the outlet receiver for Trevor Lawrence. Jameson Crowder. If Davis is out again for the Jets Thursday night versus Indianapolis, Crowder could again lead the Jets wide receivers and targets as he did versus Cincy on Sunday. They looked surprisingly efficient with Mike White under center and could see a ton of PPR volume again on Thursday as it's easier to throw on the Colts than to run on them. Devontae Parker. If Fuller remains out, Parker has resumed his role as a top target for two with Tunga Bailoa. Part of production versus Buffalo was as a result of Tredavious White blanketing Jalen Waddell. But Parker is a viable PPR flex this week, with Houston having allowed five touchdowns to wide receivers over their last three games. 
And in Green Bay, Randall Cobb and Alan Lazard. With Tunyon done for the year, both Lazard and Cobb should start seeing more, uh, could start seeing more target share behind T- Devontae Adams. Neither is going to be reliable, but both will have weekly touchdown upside in an Aaron Rodgers-led offense. And at the tight end position, kicking it off with Dawson Knox, who is rostered in the majority of leagues, but he's been dropped in quite a few. If your team has a good record with a clearable bench spot and needs help at tight end, he's definitely worth adding. Pat Fryermuth. We've talked about Fryermuth for a couple weeks now, and he's seen seven targets in each of the last two games since Juju was injured and saw a touchdown this past week against Cleveland with Ebron also out. He's the best bet for rest of season production at tight end of these following options, even though Chicago is a tough matchup this week. Dan Arnold. He saw 10 targets against Seattle. The consistency isn't there for any of these Jacksonville receiving options, but Arnold remains a potential garbage time option considering the state of the Jaguars' defense. Tyler Conklin. His target share has been similarly unreliable, but Baltimore has allowed the most fantasy points to opposing tight ends this year, and this game could turn into a shootout given how poorly the Vikings' defense continues to play. Mo Cox. He had surprisingly zero catches for the first time since week one, but he remains a touchdown-dependent tight end, too, with Wentz targeting his tight ends often, especially with T.Y. Hilton out. Evan Ingram. We'll see how Ingram does tonight, and there's a chance that Galladay could return to this coming week. But with Shepard now potentially out, he just got hurt tonight as we were recording, uh, and the Raiders have already allowed four touchdowns to tight ends this year and offer a good matchup. There's also the possibility that Ingram could get traded to a team uh, that will target him more, so keep an eye out for that as well. And a couple solid uh, defenses hanging around. The New England uh, defense, of course, the Patriots defense has been up and down this year, but this is another good matchup versus a struggling Sam Darnold or potentially P.J. Walker's first start of the year, especially if McCaffrey remains out for now. Uh, the, the Pittsburgh defense and special teams, Chicago's offense looked more functional on Sunday versus San Francisco, but the O-line has still given up multiple sacks in all but one game this year, which will be an issue versus TJ Watt and company. Uh, the New Orleans DST, the Saints played well versus a tough Tampa Bay offense that have multiple sacks in every game except one this season. And Atlanta will be without Calvin Ridley for the foreseeable future. And Indianapolis, even with the Jets having just upset Cincinnati, they threw two interceptions and lost to fumble that game. This is still a decent matchup for the Colts defense, which has recorded at least one sack and one turnover in every week. Yeah, and uh, it's time to start making some of the mo- some of those moves, whether you're looking ahead to the playoffs or scrambling to get a win or two over the next couple of weeks. Uh, you know, a couple of weeks ago, if we had said to, you know, sell Kyler Murray for Michael Carter, you, you guys probably would have unsubscribed from the podcast. Um, Immediately. But, <laughs> oh, absolutely. But, I would have. <laughs> but, you know, that's how quickly things change in the NFL and, you know, uh, also in the fantasy landscape so some of these guys who have that name value may not necessarily produce down the stretch it's all about kind of trying to project over the next few games and sadly that is a move that we are recommending right now so again don't get too caught up on name value as you're looking for trade targets over the next few weeks guys like david montgomery who might not be coming back to the same workload uh, that they had before they left Um, So again, some sell highs and some buy lows, people who 
probably uh, who aren't hardcore fantasy players who never heard of Michael Carter until a couple weeks ago um, and probably still don't value him quite as highly as he should be considering the workload that he's now commanding. But tons of trades that you can explore. If you guys have more specific questions with lineups, trades, or whatever it might be, tag us on Twitter. We're happy to reply. You can find me at FFA underscore Mung. That's M-E-N-G. And you can find me at FFA underscore Los. That's L-O-S. You can find the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and more. Wherever you're listening, hit that subscribe button so you don't miss any of our upcoming podcast episodes. It's a fantasy world, and we're all just addicts in it. Thanks, addicts. Planning on traveling this summer? Make saving at the pump part of your plans with two times the fuel points from Harris Teeter. It's easy. Download your eVic coupon, and for every dollar you spend with your Vic card, you'll get two fuel points. That's up to $1 per gallon on quality fuel at participating BP and Harris Teeter fuel centers. Download your eVic coupon today and save money at the pump all summer long with eVic and Harris Teeter fuel points. Offer deadline on Oak Street, aisle three. Welcome to the housing market. I'm with Redfin, and I'm here to help. I need to sell my house. Great. Redfin charges a 1% listing fee when you buy and sell with us, which is more than half off the usual fee and saves you an average of $8,400. Oh, wow. Is that all? Uh, yep. I'm kidding. You had me at 1%. Want to win? Sell with Redfin. It's real estate done right. Bidding war at the offer's counter in five minutes. Average savings is Redfin refund plus 1% listing fee. Subject to minimums. Not available in all areas. Learn more at redfin.com. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner.